This week, me, Ben, and our friends at the World Forge talk about all things that inspire our D&D games. Come check us out. Welcome to We Speak Common. Benjamin. Joseph. We're back again. I really, really try not to say at that time. Well, like the Renegade Master. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Oh, that it's, was difficult. It's becoming a thing, Ben. No, it was a thing, and then I then I left it, and now, for some reason, I've picked it back up. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, this shows how far we're progressing on this show. You're not very far backwards in, in, in reverse, the gear zero. Um, Speaking of going around again, Ben, <laughs> we're sort of doing the same thing we did a little while ago. Speaking of rehashing ideas. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, in a good way, in a great way. Um We've got people with us today. Yes. Would you like to introduce <laughs> yourself, guys? Yeah. Hi. hi, what's up? It's us again. It's us, a couple of people from oh, a different place than you. We're back. The, the voices in the back of my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's my conscience. Yeah. Yeah, so we got Forge World back on, um, or World Forge back on to... Um, yeah, what, give them the right wow. name, Joe. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Thanks. How awkward. Yeah. All right. Now, this we're is what's happened here. Let me explain what's happened here. Okay, let me explain. So, we've been in the studio now for two hours already, give or take. Um, <laughs> we've lost our mind a little bit. We have a good solid 30 minutes when we first get in. Anything beyond that is tenuous at best. Yeah, so, um, yeah. you've, you've been warned. <laughs> i tell you what, because Joe butchered it, why don't you tell us... Um, That's a good idea, Ben. Tell us where we can find you, who you are. Again, just reintroduce yourselves. Of course. I usually do this. Piper, do you want to take it this time? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So we're we are the uh, we're Piper and Sam from the World Forge podcast. Or is it, wait, is it Forge World? I forgot. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't no, it's definitely World Forge. Okay. Um, I'm just going to get up and, and leave. We are... <laughs> <laughs> sort of a, an improv um, creation podcast um, where we just kind of every episode we make up uh, fun things on the spot using prompts and, uh, and and themes for the week. So, but yeah, you can find us uh, at World Forge Pod on Twitter. You can email us at worldforgepod at gmail, and we're on every single uh, podcast network. Pretty every much every single one. I Each dare one. you to find a podcast platform we're not on, except yeah. for Stitcher. Yeah, um, not oh, that's, that was going to be my go-to. <laughs> <laughs> what about what yeah. about uh, what about uh, uh, Podbean? Are you on Podbean? Pretty sure we are. Yeah. Uh, let me uh, let me check the. Uh, oh, yep, we're on Podbean. Uh, <laughs> yep, there it is. Yep, there we go. Yep. Okay. Are you guys on? Um, just um, we're, t- we're going podcast net now. Are you guys on Google Podcasts? We are. Yeah. So, um, that's actually not a huge uh, source for us. It, it right. used to be Spotify was overwhelmingly our our biggest source of listeners. And actually in the last couple of weeks that's dropped pretty significantly. Uh, I think Apple podcasts is our biggest now with like mm-hmm. 35% of our listenership and then Spotify is Google podcast though. Is that just, if you listen through the Google play app, well, yeah. this, Same is, thing? this is the thing because we don't have, uh, we don't have Google podcasts in the UK. And every time I get people on Reddit, oh. they ask me like, are you on Google podcasts? And I'll give them a Google link. And I'm like, this is, this is our Google link. But when I, Google Google Podcast in the UK. It says it's not available in our country, oh. which is weird. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, a bit odd. So we might be there with you. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll do some research after the show. So yeah. can find out. I listen to you guys on Podcast Addict. I have no idea. Uh, yeah. If it's just um, if it's just Google Play, uh, like the music and listening uh, thing that Google provides, then mm. you guys are there because I'm pretty sure I've listened to you there before. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good to know because I I thought we weren't on there. So no. Oh well. Well, there you go. I mean, people can listen to us. <laughs> They do search it. We're there somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> Just lurking in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, look, uh, it's fantastic to have you both back on. Uh, we had yeah. so much fun last time. I, what, uh-huh. did we, what did we talk about? We talked about so many things. Um, just like DM style and, and being brought up in, in a different country on D&D and, and things like that. Exactly. Um, we talked about dragons from Texas. We yeah. yeah. talked about dragons from oh, yeah. British oh, people. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Back in the day. And um, yeah. <laughs> I would just say, if you, dear listener, now I direct this to you, if you uh, if you haven't heard the episode and you don't know who these strange goblin people are, then um, go back. <laughs> go back and have a listen because it's uh, it's... I think it's one of our best. It is, it is certainly one of our best. Um, it's, it's just a good fun time in general. So um, do do go back and have a listen to that. Uh, so Ben, what are we talking about today? We're going to try and be a little bit more focused. It's probably not going to happen. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about inspirations, motivations, and what I like to call thieving from mm-hmm. uh, other sources of media out there in the world and what we use to take that and bring into our 
are D&D or other system games. Yeah. Exactly. How um, to steal and get away with it. Exactly. Yes. And this is the thing. So bearing in mind that I work in uh, the creative medium, I often hear people say there are no new ideas. And first of all, uh-huh. those people are dirty, dirty thieves. <laughs> and that's just how they get away with it. They just tell you there's no new ideas. But second of all, there is kind of some truth in it. I mean, Joe, you and I have said before, like, there are tropes for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. People love tropes. Uh, whether they whether they don't know it or not, they, they love tropes. Um, and I think one of the biggest things in, in D&D, but also in, in any creative field, is learning how to take something and just go... I like that. That's mine now. I'm going to change that and use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the art comes in when you adapt it in a certain way. Mm. Like if you just blatantly take something, well, that's no good. But if you take it and you like spin it around, put a new hat on it and yeah. call it Betty, then, you know, it's yours <laughs> now. So. <laughs> okay. That's my favorite way to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like in D&D, it's, it's fairly easy to do that because you have the sort of unknown... Um, aspect of the players in your Mm. world so even if you take something and rip it straight from something else the way the players interact with it and how things go down there as long as you're dynamic enough of a dm to have those player interactions have sort of ongoing meaning for the story and for whatever aspect it is you're talking about then i think it it will always be unique so even if you rip something straight from a module you think okay i'm going to put that 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 exact same npc or character in my game or whatever it's going to play out completely differently based on how your your players interact with that said person yeah you know it's it's the classic dungeon master's tale of you know no matter how much you plan no matter how how uh, successfully you steal something and integrate it into your world your players are never going to use it the way you expect them to anyway you know if mm. if you're thinking your players are going to meet uh you know iron man or something it, you know for all you know it's going to look like rocket the raccoon when when your players get there right? <laughs> yeah they're like hey it's bronze man now yeah exactly like it's going to be something totally different it's going to get twisted around and corrupted anyway so it's mithril man i don't know what's iron I don't yeah. know. <laughs> weird source of metal that you're talking about um yeah. yeah and i think i think uh do you think if we call this episode how to steal and get away with it we'll get a whole new audience I mean, I would hope so. I mean, I'm not sure if it's the audience we want, but I'm, um, I'm I mean, happy to have them on board. If they want to learn about d and I mean, I'm, yeah, they can be here. Um, yeah, I, I feel like with with taking from other sources as well, it's it's kind of accepted in D&D because when you think about the fact that people sit and watch and they enjoy shows like Critical Role and um, Force Grey and, and all of that, and how those characters have now kind of intertwined themselves into the canon and i'm speaking purely D dungeons and dragons here not yeah. not other systems when you look at how and here comes my nerd hat i love published materials <laughs> i know most people don't <laughs> descent into avernus has just come out and in that campaign there is a character called ark on the crawl now ark on the crawl is a um paladin of tiamat who is played by joe manganello the actor who first appeared on critical role in their campaign and his wielding the hand of vecna from that final fight so that's kind of cool because that's like oh yeah we all have our game tales and we all share them but now it's kind of like no it's more than that because the actual people at wizards have gone mm, yeah, that's, a, that's a pretty good character that i'm gonna just take <laughs> that and put it into the game and they've unwittingly made critical role canon uh, which yeah. is a fun note but it's that it's that kind of like oh yeah it's that creative borrowing and I mean this is a bit more than borrowing because they full on gone Joe we want your character in the game and he's gone yeah cool um, I mean <laughs> wouldn't we all you know um one of my characters was canon. I think I'd probably I'd, I'd lose, You'd lose your mind. Yeah. I would lose my. I'd, I'd, I'd own fifty <laughs> copies of that book, Joe, just to have pictures of it on the wall. But it's that kind of expected share that we all have in in yeah. the community. Yeah. I think, and I think it helps as well that D and D is just a big rip off of Lord of the Rings anyway. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I mean, it's D and D is kind of already a rip off. So you're just ripping off a rip off. And at so, that point, does it even yeah. count? You quick, know? quick story. Here's the yeah. first tangent. I went to um, I went to some auditions last week weekend and uh, i auditioned talking about dnd you had to tell a story in 60 seconds so i did a dnd story because i'm a massive naturally, geek yeah naturally, obviously yeah. makes sense um, <laughs> joe you would yeah. have hated me because because uh, one of the things i said was dnd is everywhere it is lord of the rings and um, i was like oh technically it's the other way around but one of the judges i mean i won i got through i got finalists that was cool nice, one, nice, one of well the done. judges came up to me at the end and he went 
I hated Dungeons and Dragons, but I loved your speech. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's hate. a lot about what how you delivered of, it then. What sort of soulless person is that? You know what I, I mean? don't know. I don't know. Someone who's yeah. never learned to steal properly. You'd, well, yes, yeah, probably. Exactly. Yeah. Clearly. So what do you guys, because I, I mean, I'll, we'll get into this more, but I find that I'm constantly in thieving mode. I'll always, like, even yeah. if I'm not looking for stuff in my games, I'll see something and I'll go, oh, I'm going to use that without even thinking about D&D. Do you guys find you're like that or do you specifically go out hunting for things? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think I do a little bit of both. I, I try to always be kind of aware of things that I could potentially be using in my games. If I'm actively running uh, a campaign, I will spend a lot more time saying, all right, I need to fill in this particular you know, hole in my in my world and I'll go and try and find something that fits that. But I think it really is important as a DM to just consume everything, mm-hmm. you know, all other you know, forms of art, you know, watch other players and DMs, listen, you know, watch movies, uh, TV shows, music, like be looking for things you can take from anything that's out there. Um, Because a lot of times the ideas that I get that I think work most successfully in my stories are you know, things that I didn't plan for, things that I just, I heard a line in a song and I'm like, oh, that's an interesting idea. Let's tie that in somehow. And it turns into a really big, cool thing. So I, I think you always have to be ready to to steal. Yeah. Uh, like you said. Mm-hmm. So- like for me too, um, one thing that kind of I've noticed since I've started playing D&D, um, I s- I've started seeing D&D tropes everywhere in a lot of the fictional media that I've been watching. So if I see like a show or a movie in which the plot is essentially a group of characters trying to get to some goal and maybe they have to like split up or they have to like use their talents in different ways, I'm like, well, that's D&D. And wait a minute, that's D&D, even though it'll be in some sort of like action spy movie or something. Um, And so I think seeing that in places has also made me kind of think when looking at something that doesn't seem like it is a fantasy setting related i'm like well this could be used as a quest setting or this could be like a dynamic between two characters in this kind of way yeah so i've kind of started looking for things that way it's all sort of the hero's journey yeah you know you can overlay any of these things on top of each other and it's you know imagine that a perfect fit right (laughs) i remember doing that as well i remember really vividly being in the cinema watching guardians of the galaxy for the first time i know we mentioned iron man and rocket i don't know how this just happened to come (laughs) up into my mind but um i remember watching it for the very first time and there's that bit at the end uh, spoilers if you haven't finished the infinity saga i don't know what you're doing get off your um they they go in and they fight uh i forget the name of the big blue guy with the hammer oh ronin ronin thank you ronin yeah, yeah. yeah. and th- there's that bit where they've all got the big gun and then and then there's the dance off but there's a shot right before they shoot the gun um where it kind of like comes up behind them and you've got their silhouettes and ronin's there with a the hammer and i just thought oh my god that's that's a dnd boss battle right there that's a party right. yeah absolutely Anna. and like it, it's just it clicks when you when you start thinking about these things and then you turn it off and you go and enjoy something else, you don't stop thinking about them. <laughs> and uh, you just yeah. see them everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the Infinity Gauntlet is basically just the uh, the Sun Sword thing or whatever that you use to kill Strahd, right? Yeah. It's, it's just a MacGuffin. It's the thing that you need to complete the thing that lets you do the other thing. Like, you know, it's all the same sort of structure. Mm-hmm. So Actually, I'm, you used MacGuffin wrong there, but we don't I did, You know what I did? Now. We argued about this recently, actually, but it's whatever Wait, what? the hell I think a MacGuffin is. Why, why was MacGuffin wrong? What, I, I, I'm confused. Isn't a MacGuffin an item? Well, so we recently... Um, I, I'm trying to remember... Oh, I think it was Nando V Movies on YouTube who yeah. put out this video talking about how he recently learned that he's been using the term MacGuffin wrong, and most people do. People think that a MacGuffin is any sort of item that either um, like starts something or makes something happen that everyone fights for. It's just a token object that sort of like makes things happen. Yeah. But the significance of an actual MacGuffin is an item that sets things into motion, and only that thing can do that one object can set things off the way that it does so if you have another thing and you can replace it with something else then that is no longer a MacGuffin. it has to be something very specific about it well look i would argue that you can't replace the infinity gauntlet with anything else so i still count that as a point for me true (laughs) you'd have to go and watch his video he goes into the minute details of like what works about it but um it's really interesting that's that actually is quite interesting the more you know yeah Yeah. i didn't actually know that yeah i mean it makes sense now that you've said it i'm like well yeah duh but yeah no i would have just yeah. Right. Well, I'm MacGuffin is an item, but yeah. So, so I'm interested yeah. in you guys. Um, what what specific sort of inspirations you have had for things you've put into D and D or adapted from other mediums, films, TV games, whatever? So, have you got sort of any examples of of stuff you've had to pull into your oh, game? 
Man, yeah, yeah. So, so many. I, I thought about this a lot actually before coming on. I, I was really excited to talk about this because um, I, I think that my my D and D career can kind of be marked in waves of like whatever video game I was playing at the time or whatever show I was really into at the time because I'll, I'll take you know whole systems you know I, I remember when I first played uh, Dragon Age back in like 2006 yes. or something like that when that came out and on the loading screens uh, in Dragon Age it shows you stats of like you know how many enemies you've killed what's the highest damage hit you've ever done what's the you know most you've healed in a battle or something like that and I just thought that was so cool and I thought that'd be an interesting thing for my players to sort of say hey at the end of every session you know I've been keeping track of like who had the most critical hits who you know ran the furthest who killed the most enemies and sort of trying to bring these systems in and that wasn't really something that mechanically had an influence on the game but it was kind of a fun thing for my players to see to have these sort of little these little participation trophies at the end of the session right <laughs> to see and and that, I thought that was a fun thing, and it kind of helped me get better at taking notes as a DM and and sort of parsing out what was going on in these. And I, you know, that was an example of something that wasn't really uh, in in game like canon experience. It was more on sort of the meta level. But I, I think it definitely sort of allowed me to play in a different way and kind of analyze what was happening in a different way, and, and made me a, a little bit of a better DM. Yeah, that's really cool. I think for. I think, like, just really quickly, we Joe and I can both absolutely agree with the with the video game thing. Um, absolutely, yeah. It's kind of I think you and I were both that kid that grew up on video games, weren't we? Um, so yeah, I mean, I basically nicked everything from from video games. So I, I would say, <laughs> and it's generally the one I'm, and I can tell what era I've like uh, when I look at my D and D world, and you know, I'll have a certain landscape over here. Most of this stuff the players have never seen, nor will they ever see. Mm. It's completely pointless, but I've had to put it in, and I can literally look at it and go, "Oh yeah, I was playing this game at that time." That's oh, that's why that's oh, there. That zombie-filled forest. That was the last of us. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of acts as a cool sort of um, I don't know, sort of like timeline. If you look back yeah. and see, like, well, this this game is what I was into at this time and it's a way to remember things that's yeah. kind of cool we need so, the facebook memories feature for our yeah, yeah, history here yeah. yeah it's like for me I, when i created my homebrew world i literally went oh, i want to steal stuff all the time how am i going to play that off so i created <laughs> like this story reason for this weird stuff to start popping up in the world and now now if i see something and i go and oh can... i really want to use that next session like i can it's just there it's easy to explain away in, in the storyline well i can literally tell like some very specific things in my world that's where i've pulled them from so like i have this really big sort of a um, white tower in the in the center of like, the, the main city you were uh, reading the dark tower no 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 i was playing oblivion, well, I, at the, I, was playing oblivion. oblivion yeah. at the time <laughs> and um the, the, the entire look and feel of that city is the exact same as Tam oblivion Real. it's literally yeah. it's just like i was running around i was like okay i've got to put that in my game and then like the sort of the north setting you guys are in now in my game is i literally decided i wanted to do that as soon as i started watching vikings and yep. i was like okay now i've got to somehow move the players oh, yeah. across the whole yeah. world to yeah. get to this this other part that i want to do what about of you then, piper so um the the one uh campaign that i did with um some of my girlfriends uh, a few games ago like i took little things from everywhere so like my kind of plot to like bring everyone together is that um that we're all summoned to this sort of like mysterious island of dreams to like achieve some thing that they were looking for and like that was very sort of like oh a classic like murder mystery everyone receives an invitation to come to this mansion late at night mm -hmm. but it wasn't a mansion it was a spooky island and there was all kinds of little things that I would tie in from different things that I just liked like one of the first creatures they encountered were these freakish like wolf demons that had um, like this white mask on their chests that looked like a person's face and if you shattered that mask then they were destroyed and that was very like inspired by like things I had seen in anime or whatever and there was this like huge dragon that they found underneath like the ruins of this place and it was in my mind a very twisty kind of long snakish dragon and that was very like Miyazaki and everything mm -hmm. so I was taking from like every little thing that I come kind of thought of I was like well this I like the way that looks in my mind so I'm going to try and make it my own and put it part of the story so taken from all kinds of places all the time yeah. when you said and, and I, go on I was just going to say like you know it doesn't all necessarily have to be 
as like a you know to make a character or anything you can just take like even one little frame of something you say oh that design of that thing looks cool and twist it in a way and find a way to use it that is completely different than what it was originally intended for and can just be a cool little sort of flavor thing for your for your games absolutely I, um i do that all the time because i will be searching around on reddit or or pinterest or something and i'll see some <laughs> some fantasy art and i'll go that art's really cool and i'll have no context for it and i'll just take it and i'll be like right that's now going to be a character i don't know where this art's come from i don't know who's made it i mean i don't need to credit them because it's only on my table like <laughs> not exactly, right yeah. but okay. like you know there's this piece of art that that's so amazing and i'm just going to use it for I don't know now. Now his name is Bob, and he is a dragon hunter. You know? <laughs> like he might well, not. Well, that's what I think. Yeah, that's what I think is so cool about um, this kind of creation community is like people are creating this art, right? And they'll put it out online, and somebody will find it and put it on Pinterest, and someone will see it and say that's going to inspire a character I'm going to make. Mm-hmm. And the original artist may not know that that's what's happening, but I think that's something you should keep in mind as a possibility with anything you create and put out into the world. Well, you never know how people are going to see yeah. it or experience it. Somebody's going to take inspiration. It from that probably and hopefully not blatantly steal it and make money off of it but (laughs) use it for some fun on a weekend with their friends i mean that's the dream right is we we all play dnd if only we could make money off of it right (laughs) i saw something like that the other day scrolling around that was just like just just you know you don't know how many people come back to the stuff that you've created and look at it and think you know what i want to make something like that i want to use that so yeah i mean thank you all of the many nameless faceless artists who (laughs) i've brutally stolen from (laughs) well it's funny it's funny you were saying about um miyazaki earlier because i was thinking about like um where it seems to say that i thought about like dark souls and sekiro and and those like really sort of kind of grim dark games and then i was thinking so one i had where um, i don't know if any of you guys played sekiro but there's a essentially like a a large dragon-ish kind of worm looking creature boss battle (laughs) in it Mm -hmm. and it has like the most awesome unique like just screams miyazaki design on it and I was like, oh my god, I need to put this in my like D and D game. I'm like, okay, but I already have dragons, and they're like pretty typical fancy dragons. And because I have to, for some reason, like justify the anatomy and lore of everything in my world, I'm a bit over the yeah. top like that. I was like, okay, so I, then I went through and m- made all this guff and lore about why these dragons look this way and why these <laughs> other dragons look more traditional, and these ones live over that. here and they have a different meaning, all just so I could like get this look that I wanted in the game. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Oh, totally. You steal from it, and then it it takes its own life on and I think yeah. that's, Absolutely. that's so much better like I mean I would love to put Thalcor the luck dragon in my D&D game but it would be <laughs> so jarring and so weird if there was suddenly yeah. this long um, you know eastern style dragon that was like hello we're <laughs> you know like that's like I love it I love it it's amazing of course but it's weird but, but if I I mean I'd accept it, it if he sounded like that I'd accept it I'd okay, accept well, what he okay, says okay well fine next week you'll meet Thalcor the luck dragon then <laughs> yeah, and yeah. He, will, he will have one wish spell for you Joe, and that will be oh, it. Oh, brilliant. Okay. That's great. But, but you know, you, I you also think it, it's... Uh, Go on. Oh, I, I, I also just think it's kind of a funny little... So you say, like, stealing from Miyazaki and turning it into, like, a Dark Souls type thing, right? But the the director of Dark Souls is also named Miyazaki. <laughs> Hayao yeah. Miyazaki and Hidetaka Miyazaki. Yeah. Are, so, you know, there's maybe there's something kind of poetic about that, that you're taking from one Miyazaki and feeding into another. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I do like that a lot, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it, it made me think when, especially like when I was playing Sekiro, and like those um, Souls-type games have so much sort of like love and care seeped into the environment yeah. as you're walking around. Yeah. You can just walk around and, and like the creatures are just so like horrendously Loving horrific. and caring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so interesting like there's this really great creature which is it basically has like no health it's really easy to kill if you just get close to it um but it it has this essentially like tick up effect on you and if it essentially if you look at it too long it just weakens you and feebles you and then it like eats your face and it's nice it's very bad it's very mean like, <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, but nice. like they what's so what's such a great juxtaposition is they is they just play these like really nice little flute tunes <laughs> and that's the thing that weakens you when you look at them and they like so it's like such a serene beauty that just instantly melts your face off and i was like oh, okay oh, i I need to put this in the game so then i was like i sort of tweaked it to be more of like a hag i used kind of like the hag stat block with this like aura effect mm-hmm. and things we, um, we know you love a good hag yeah, yeah. How was it 99 <laughs> i would say this one was probably like 86 percent hag you know <laughs> what an 80 percent like six percent flutist or something yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. a basic flutist <laughs> like if you basic will. flutist <laughs> basic bard <laughs> basic bard yeah yeah have oh one level God. of bard no so it's just so i oh go on oh 
Oh, okay. I was going to uh, chime in real quick before we got too far away from your, you're talking about how you wanted to justify having this different dragon in your game, because I actually just did something really similar in one of the last sessions yeah. that we played. I wanted us to go to a place that was essentially Dinotopia. I don't know if you ever saw that made for TV uh, miniseries yeah. or read the books. Um, but I was like, I just want there to be like, like a brontosaurus in a field and like little raptors pulling carts. And I was like, well, how can I justify that? And so I decided to make them uh, what I call lesser land dragons yeah. so they were dragons but they weren't that smart they were kind of more like animals and they could just look like dinosaurs and so i was like sweet i did it and now i've created sort of a hierarchy of dragons because there are lesser land dragons but there could be a greater land dragon yeah. or a higher land dragon and that would look more kind of like your classic medieval type which i'm so happy you did too because for months i was trying to figure out how can i just make jurassic park yeah. into D, &D right because <laughs> all i want to do is just be a jurassic park uh and <laughs> You want to be a park? <laughs> I do, and you did all the legwork for me. I really, oh, really appreciated that. So now, when I take back the reins of DMing in our in our session, I yeah. can you know easily just slide into it and. Uh, <laughs> You'll yeah. take our happy little harvest town full of nice dragons and put us into a yeah, horrifying a, a, a <laughs> all the place yeah. of uh, meat eaters everywhere. <laughs> what's nice as well is what's happened is there's Piper stolen, and then you've stolen from her, and now I'm probably yeah, going to exactly. steal from you. Like <laughs> it's great. Oh, it's like a train of stealing. It. It's funny what you say about the uh, the dinosaurs because i feel like i mean does is your dnd &D world even a dnd &D world if it doesn't have just like a what a single island somewhere that's just full of dinosaurs like I isolated that. from everything else i have that but for dragons yeah <laughs> right. i have that for dinosaurs it's in my world Fantastic, like it's yeah. just i feel Perfect. everyone has that it's like okay we're gonna go on the little dinosaur side adventure now and we'll be back in like four sessions yeah it's gonna yeah, be a little, exactly. little hop away it's like i always kind of wonder like does that does that break the immersion in my game, right? Is it suddenly no. silly and jarring that you're just in an island full of dinosaurs? You know what? Like, it's fun. It doesn't matter. If you, you have a chance to put dinosaurs quests. in, you should put your dinosaurs in, okay? Yeah. You should feel free to put dinosaurs into anything you well, want. Well, I thought about that, and uh, then I spent quite a long time justifying it. So I feel like if the players do ever get there, it will make sense. So this I is hope. this is the difference between you and me, Joe, because you've spent all this time justifying it. So like, I can walk into your game and be like, oh, cool, we're going to find dinosaurs. Great, let's go. And I'll be okay with that. And you'll be like, I've got all this lore. Do you want to know? Ben, like, ben, don't you want to know why they're like, here, Ben? No, no, it's fine. There's pen, dinosaurs. It's fine. Pen, read this book on their evolution, but please. But then if I did it, right, <laughs> if I dropped in all these dinosaurs, you'd be like, Ben, where did the dinosaurs come from? I'd be like, I don't know, mate. They're dinosaurs. Well, I need to know then. <laughs> yeah, but they're just, they're just, I mean, there's dragons, so there's dinosaurs, aren't there? <laughs> yeah. My mercy. Like, I think that the difference is where Joe asks why, Ben, you ask why not. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> exactly. See, Joe, You're I'm like, just, shut I'm up and fun. just feed him some corns. Yeah. He's eating out of your hand right now. Just be happy about it. If you're not happy about it, it's gonna eat you, Joe. Okay. okay. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. I had um, I have experiences like that all the time. All well, the time. I, well, I feel like if I, I'm obligated to put a T-Rex in if I have a player who's playing a druid because I know at some point they will want to turn into a T-Rex. Yeah. So I, I have to somehow <laughs> awesome. justify their existence in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, because I, I, you know, I whenever they the druid gets to that level and they're like, I, they turn, you know. I turned to a T-Rex and I'm like, have you seen one? And then they're like, well, if you look at my backstory, I did see one frolic through the river that one time uh, <laughs> next to my village. specifically written there. Yes, yeah, yeah. T-Rex. Okay, so there was one time I was stuck on an island for oh, it was a couple weeks. I don't remember, right? <laughs> see, I was going for, well, I saw a drawing of what I think is a T-Rex in a kid's <laughs> lunchbox, and I want to be that. <laughs> I had a granddad who uh, genetically re-engineered the dinosaur race just so I could turn into one. Um, yes. So I, I think with... Uh, with this whole topic and with the like the theme of borrowing and, and stealing stuff is i as a creative person i really struggle to come up with an idea right i, I have ideas but then i sit there and i go oh, it's not a very good idea oh, i want to change it no no one's gonna have fun with that and i just sort of roll around in this angsty idea pool of nothingness for a while whereas if i take something that's already created I can really rip it to pieces and rebuild it. So I really enjoy running pre-written yeah. modules because I feel like I can really spread my wings and I can take what they've built and just make it 20 times better and make it my yeah. own. Whereas if I start from I, a blank page, I'm like, nah, you know? I like that you kind of started this uh, this statement as, as a creative person, I'm not very creative and I kind of just <laughs> use other stuff. <laughs> well, no, because like, I, would, I, would I have say... trouble coming up with ideas, <laughs> concepts, But don't we uh, all? Things. Don't we all have that problem? But like, I feel, for me... I, I have ideas and when I have an idea and it's a good idea like my god it's a blinder but when I'm in the mood yeah. to create and I can't think of an idea if I can take something I can if the, if the 
if the little pebble is there, I can turn it into a massive snowball. See, I have a similar thing, but it's... I, most of my ideas, like I say, they come from a TV show or a game or something, and oftentimes it's just like the the feeling or the th- or the theme that 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 show or game or whatever it evokes that I want to kind of ape in my game, yeah, and get that same feeling. Like if I'm playing a game and I have a really great like story beat and the lore and everything of the world's really interesting, I'm like how can I recreate this in my D and D game? But I always have this thing of like, okay, I need to change it just enough so it feels like it's mine, mine. Yeah. And I'm like I need to oh, yeah. sever the connection so the players don't know where I got this from if so, I can make it just different enough <laughs> this is a really interesting thing then because I I've been reading Pat Roffis's book The Name of the Wind and yeah. um, I was watching him do uh, I think he was at some sort of conference he was, having, he was answering questions and he did the typical author thing where he answered the question by not answering the question and instead telling a story and he told the story of this guy that his dad knew who was like Jim the pipe guy and he liked going um, down into the sewers and walking around the pipes but he wasn't like allowed to be down there so that he'd keep getting arrested and they'd have to like he'd go away for jail for a couple of hours and he'd come back but he'd always go back to the pipes and his dad worked in some part of the pipe somewhere and they were all like separate different areas so he said right you can come and you can volunteer and you can be in the pipes for three hours once a week but any other time you're not allowed to be in the pipes right <laughs> what a this, weird guy. this is a true story, I know, a true it's story. Such but rules. dad the pipes are calling <laughs> well, this is the thing. so this guy this like bob the pipe guy whatever his name was you've got to look up this story now that i'm telling you it but because he would yeah. do it, he does it justice he would he'd have these weird conversations and his dad would come back and tell pat like here's what jim the pipe guy said today and one day he said to him like yo you know what do you do down there and he said oh well you know on the first hour i sort of i clean up and i i walk around i brush the pipes and i make sure they're all they're all clean and the second hour i just kind of i kind of i watch the pipes and the third hour that's just for me like so, oh my gosh and pat you know comes away from it and he's like i, I need to take this person and i need to put him in my book yeah. but if you look at the character that he's become in the book like and you put them next to each other I forget which character it is now, which is kind of the point of the story, but they are not the same person at all. They are completely different. Yeah. yeah. You don't look at Jim the Pipe guy and go, yeah, that weird character in the book, that's Jim the Pipe guy, because that wouldn't fit in the world. That wouldn't that wouldn't make any sense. That would be jarring. Like, even if you didn't understand why that thing didn't make sense in the book, it would still feel weird to you. So you've got to it's, take it's- it and you've got to change it. You're you're talking about it's Quoth's friend who like lives in the sewers under the school or whatever, right? Yes. What's his name? Yeah. It, it's a. I thought it was a. I thought it was a girl. Isn't it like a young girl? I haven't read in the I name forget. of the wind in a couple of years. I think. Uh, I want to. I keep saying, oh, I should go back, so I'm familiar when the third book comes out, and then I just laugh yeah. uh, to myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna take hours. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I I I like that. Um, yeah. Well, I cool. think that's just sort of how it works, you know. It's like you take an idea and then it blossoms into something else. Yeah. Mm. We one of my favorite characters that I've played in D&D in recent memory was um we were we were playing with it, it's the same group that we're playing with now or is this no, it wasn't the same group. It was, it was our last group that we were in. Um and I was getting to actually play for the first time in a very long time. I kind Talk of had been on a, on a long stream. Yes, a, yeah. a long string of just DMing. And so given the opportunity to actually play the game, I was like, man, I need to come up with the coolest character ever. Like, who is the coolest person that I can think of in a movie or a book or whatever to kind of uh, inspire myself with? And uh, I I don't think, I think this was an example of me not necessarily actively looking for something, but we were watching Indiana Jones uh, and the uh, Last Crusade and the the Brotherhood of the Cruciform Sword that chases him around to protect the Holy Grail. The, uh, (laughs) The guy who... Who almost gets his head cut yeah, off in a boat propeller? Cut off by a boat propeller. Who who like <laughs> chases him down and he's like, our brotherhood has, you know, for for thousands of years we've lived and died to protect the Grail. And I saw this guy and he just looks so cool. He's got he's this cool like Turkish mustache looking guy. He's got a little fez. Yeah, he's got a he's got kind of a kind of like a really distinctive kind of creased face. And I just thought, man, what an awesome looking character i really wanted to base you know something on on this guy mm. uh, and so i ended up making this character saeed who is a he's this kind of 
tall, slender fighter who his he relies on his intelligence and his wits more than his strength. Like his, you know, he was like a 17 or 18 intelligence and charisma or something, and like a 12 strength. And so his whole thing was that he was a, you know, he's a smooth talker and he was very charming and he would kind of put people off before he would, you know, off off balance with words before he would strike. He would create an opening for himself. And uh, I just I wanted to sort of build everything around just this look of this character and it turned into this whole huge backstory that I built for him that you know maybe it wasn't even true maybe he just told people things because he was you know always kind of a smooth operator you know maybe he was descended from royalty or maybe he was you know from this far off land or maybe he was just a normal guy Mm -hmm. uh I I, all of that sort of sprung from just having this base visual template that I had Mm, I really like that it kind of makes me think of I was the uh, there were a load of rumors a couple of weeks back about a remake of the princess bride and oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted i wanted a clip for my my radio show of him saying um uh, my name is Inigo Montoya you killed my father prepared to die and like that that whole just quote is that character and yeah yes. like that's the caricature of him and I feel like you could take that and build a character off of that mm. but it wouldn't be the same person as Inigo Montoya it would be someone yeah. completely different see Ben that I that's that quote right there is what I based the highwayman off that um, <laughs> you guys ended up lopping oh off his God. arms. Yep. Makes so much sense. So I had this, yeah, I had this guy who, I, I, I think I ended up doing a bit of an Italian accent for him. I think so, yeah. I'm not sure. It, <laughs> it changed <laughs> session to session. Didn't he have um, magic boots that made him so run really he, fast? But I, basically, I sort of surveyed it. It was kind of that and Zorro, which was what I was going <laughs> off, right? I see Zorro I got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had, the, he had the rapier and everything and he, numerous times, I think three times three maybe? Or times three or four times. Three or four times. Up, yeah. He popped up. He was always a random encounter. I never planned to have him pop out. I'd always roll, and if it came to a certain number, it would be him. I think it was. I think he was six on the d6, and he right. just kept popping up. And um, he would uh, approach the players, severely underleveled, to fight them all the time. Um, he would threaten them, ask them to hand over their goods and whatnot. We would laugh. They would straight away start fighting him, almost kill him. But he had these like awesome <laughs> boots of haste that let him run like 300 feet in a round. Yeah. So he would I like just. This guy. He would just run away every time, and. <laughs> Two or three times he tried to to rob the party, um, and then yeah, the last time One unfortunately they caught him with like a hold person spell and they chopped off his hands. Well, we cut, I, I, we cut off his legs know. too, and I was really sad about this because he had. A, I'm telling you now, guys, he had a really sympathetic backstory. There was a reason he was out <laughs> on the, the streets, <laughs> and you just uh, there was a cleric there who um, someone wanted his boots. There was a very say, shall we say hard. Um, to the law cleric, shall we say, a lawful yeah. cleric, um, who um, yeah, lopped off his um, lopped like, off his hands. He's like, well, the punishment for stealing is losing your hands. So here we go. <laughs> yeah, yes, and uh, so he he went off into the woods, slowly um, bleeding out and delirious. Did he die? Well, oh, it's a bit. Uh, I'm so sad for this guy. I just heard about. It's a bit. It's a bit <laughs> ambiguous. What was his name? Oh, I can't even remember. Yeah, he had a really. Oh, no. He had a ridiculous <laughs> he name. He dies without a name. Come he, on. He just had. Give a, him some. He, oh, give him I the wish, burial he deserves, Joe. I'm gonna have to see if I got it in my notes. See if you can I'll look find it. Up. See if you can find <laughs> I it. Because I remember him having quite a ridiculous name. But the problem is, you gave him a really incredibly overpowered item. And this was uh, and the problem. And we wanted to chop his feet off to have it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was quite lucky that it was a. It's kind of a separate party in a one shot that ended up getting the boots so yeah. I was like okay at least my main campaign hasn't got this horribly broken yeah. I mean you asked for it really but it's interesting see this is this is the point I'm making I've just pulled out a character that I'm talking about and you've gone oh yeah I've based someone off that and I had no idea yeah so yeah. that's that's when it's done right but it makes perfect sense and like and I, I think that's kind of the thing is like you can you can choose to lean on these tropes as much or as little as you want, right? Yeah. You know, sometimes if you say, well, I want a character that people view in exactly the same way as Zorro or Inigo Montoya or whatever, you can base a character on that and you can say, no, I'm going to take advantage of this sort of shared cultural concept, right? Everybody will sort of understand this, whether or not they realize it right away or not is another thing, but that you can say, oh, he's a, you know, he's a cool guy who's great with the blade and he's got a flourish and he's got a, a strong motivation that you're really sympathetic towards. You can just sort of use that as the building block for something. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Slide your character with no feet in there and, and place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, I want to um, I want to do something interesting then. Let's see how this goes. Do you, or can you come up with, uh, out of memory, your or silliest or worst time you've stolen from something? Ooh. I can. I just have to think about it for a second. <laughs> so, because I'm trying to think, I don't know, because I, I kind of steal without 
meaning to at times, and I drop things in. Um, so I'm trying to think of a silly one for me. I don't. I don't have a silly one. I have ones that have, or one that's one that's gone so badly. That's I have funny. ones that are robbed directly <laughs> from other things, like almost to like the only thing I've changed is the name. Yeah, I've had like like for instance on that big tall like white tower in this Cyrodiil esque city, mm. um, <laughs> at the very top there's a a giant on there with this massive like twelve foot tall uh, yes. magical longbow. Yes, and he shoots down anything that flies over the city. Like he's in a remnant from ages past where they you know they'd get attacked by dragons and whatnot. Um, but I ripped him straight from the first Dark Souls DLC where there's a big say, giant. Dark Souls. Yeah, that's what yeah, I ripped him straight from that. Who's a g- big giant with a big bow who shoots down a dragon. Yeah. Fantastic. I hope any time. Yes. He literally would talk like that if the players ever met him. So. Oh, I love it. But this is the thing. This is nice because this is kind of saying to everybody that, look, it's. I mean, we've been doing this for a while now, but we still borrow stuff from other things. That's kind of the point yeah. I'm getting at. Uh, what have I what have I stolen then? Uh, oh God! So, oh, okay. The silliest one would be: Do you? If I say actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf, do you guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> of course, of course we do. Yeah. yeah okay, good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I stumbled upon someone on the internet somewhere made an actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf stat block. Um, so of, of course. course I had to put him in the game um, and there was I mean there was a story to it the whole point was that the characters were learning that sometimes the monsters in the world are just normal human beings you know what the, Ben but what I loved about this this was so low effort as to be magnificent because he, he literally described them to us as when we finally found this person we knew there was a strange cannibal or kidnapper so in the yeah, area so basically you, you got to a town and you knew that kids were going missing yep. and the, the, the guard the captain guard of this small little town was so fed up he didn't know what to do he was on his wits end he was like please just can you for the love of god and help me. literally this is word for word what came out of ben's mouth we found the guy um and we found his little hut and that he bursts out combat begins i'm like yeah. ben what am i looking at here and he's like you're looking at charlotte buff <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literally you're looking Wait, at hold on. let me just pick my job off the floor really quick <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing as well is like um the best bit the reason i wanted to do it so bad was as they were um they were walking through the forest i was just dropping and i was describing what they were seeing what they were doing by just reading them the lyrics from the song, <laughs> <laughs> and I think one of our one of our players every now and then they'd look up at me like, hmm, and then they just go back to their character sheet. So they were they were picking <laughs> up on it, but they didn't get it until Shia LaBeouf came out of the hut. No, and I wish I I wish that character hadn't died now because it. <sighs> Yeah. Oh, was... you just you kill all the good characters, well, Joe. It, Come on. Well, it was my fault. It's... Okay, my my character I think ended up bludgeoning him in the head with his helmet or something. It yeah, was, you were uh... like, he's evil. I've got to kill him. I mean, he was like, you know, kidnapping kids and eating them. But so like, it was a bit dark. At one point, I'm like, I'm just gonna hang on. Let me Shia LaBeouf because <laughs> I know this. But I know, I I know that the lyrics. Oh, ShiaLaBeouf.net. No, thank you. What? Shia oh no. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, retreat, what? retreat. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get out of that. So I sort of literally, I was like, okay, yeah, you're seeing Shia LaBeouf. But when they were going, when they went into the woods, because I, I, you know, I, I studied the song. I listened to it. Like I knew the lyrics. I was singing it in my sleep. Like I studied it so that I didn't have to have it in front of me. And I, I remember. There he goes. So I literally said to them, "You're walking in the woods. There's no one around." Uh, and if you had a phone, it would be dead. Like that's that were the kind. They were the oh kind goodness. of descriptions I were giving them, just to try to try to like, feed it in. But I, I, hundred percent. Um, go for it. Nice Halloween little one shot for level one characters. Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf can be quite scary. <laughs> yeah, so I like it. What what I'm getting from this is that so you said a few minutes ago you would love to introduce uh, Falcor the Luck Dragon into your game, right? Yes. What I want to say to you is keep beloved Falcor as far away from Joe and his characters <laughs> as you can because that will. Will not end well for him is, is what I'm thinking. You know what yeah, he'll is. end up like crashing him into that swamp of despair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't even get that far because Galahad uh, actually wants to kill dragons. Um, He's a bit on a dragon killing quest right now, so it so wouldn't be great for them to meet at this moment. Wouldn't be good moment. for Falcor. No. <laughs> <laughs> Might say that for the next Fly away, campaign. Falcor. Yeah. Okay. So what about some of you guys? What are some of your silly... uh... Do you have one, Sam? Yeah. So, you know, I don't necessarily think I could say this is the silliest thing to ever happen in in a D&D game, but uh, a time when maybe leaning on a trope or a character that I thought would be really cool that our players did not take as well to was in in our current game that we're playing right now, uh, I'm playing as a like a frogman bard fighter mix who nice. is a traveling blues singer and sort of the the picture that i wanted for him was to be this sort of tom waits like bb king kind of <laughs> you know deep raspy like southern blues voice and 
you know, I had this whole thing built up. I was like, oh, he's going to be, he's so cool. Our character, our players are going to love this. They're going to think like, what a badass frog man. He's going to, you know, come out and he's going to be playing his washboard and playing his guitar and playing his harmonica. And I had written this little sort of song. It was the story about how he, he chased all the snakes out of his, uh, out of, uh, out of the swamp that he used to live in. He used to be the sheriff of this swamp. And I, I come out and I start singing this song and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm the frog man. He's got like a blues voice and I mentioned something about a tadpole and suddenly our players were just like, ew, tadpoles, gross, don't talk, that's weird. What are so you talking like, about tadpoles? Are you a pedophile? Are you a predator frog? <laughs> well, okay, the other things that you need to know is though, we were at a very fancy party and Sam's frog person, the first thing he does is he starts removing his clothes and doing like a strip tease. He wasn't and then, doing a strip tease. Well, he was taking off all of his clothes and we're like, why is this frog man getting nude? And then he's like, I think your your cool raspy voice it came off a little creepy. <laughs> like, so our our mostly our our entirely female party was instantly kind of put off like, uh... by this strange frog we had just met who's singing about how he loved a tadpole once. So we're like, isn't that a child? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, is that okay? He didn't love the tadpole. He saved the tadpole from the snake. Okay, you completely misinterpreted the lyrics of this song. You had some line about how you're like, oh my little tadpole, I loved your soul, and we're like. Oh, it's probably a term of endearment in your frog culture, but to us it sounds really weird. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I had to kind of uh, tweak that. Uh, I, I I did some workshopping. I changed up the voice quite a bit. I changed yeah. his personality a bit for the next session because I was like, I really want this guy to be charming and likable. Oh my goodness. Okay, <laughs> I've thought of mine too, um, and this is hardly a, a a big enough thing to to mention. But um, one of our favorite podcasts of all time is uh, the Weekly Planet, which are two yes. um, Australian guys who review like comic book movies and stuff. And they have this line that they used for a while when they were like forcing each other to make decisions. They would say, "All right, like gun to your head, gun to your." Like, if you have to choose this or this, what are you going to go for? And gun to your dick just made me laugh so much. And so on a campaign we did, like, at least a year ago, um, we were sneaking up on these bandits, and I was playing as a... Um, a a gnome, uh, gnome, you were a gnome, a gnome yeah. character and so my character came up from behind uh this group of of men and so i was like okay so my character desebe she like puts a knife to this guy's throat and i'm like wait a minute she's not tall enough all right she puts a knife to this guy's dick she's got her arms around his waist <laughs> and so like that was just kind of what i took from that well, and all of it because I, I think i was dming this one and i was like are you standing on a ladder or something how can you reach his throat and you're like oh yeah good point dick well the best part was she had a huge intimidation um score and so so I intimidated the crap out of him and he surrendered and told us everything. And then I was just left standing there with a knife to this man's junk. And I'm like, I don't really want to cut this off. Um, no, somebody knock him out. I've dug myself a hole and I don't really know how to get out of it now. I'm just a little gnome. I can't jump out of the hole. It's too deep. I know. She's like, this is awkward. My face is up against your butt. <laughs> like, I'm just giving you a hug with a dagger. Oh, that's a fantastic yeah. mental image. <laughs> not one I thought I'd have today, but I'm happy I have got it. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, wow. Gun to your dick. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Top that one, guys. I don't, I don't know if we can. I think that's... No, that's... Uh, yeah, that's a pretty deep cut. Wow. Literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah, that's kind literally. of like... Yeah. As, as, and this is the thing, Piper. I don't know I don't know if there's anything... This is that old female-male thing. I don't know if there's anything that resonates on the same level with you, but if, you, if, a, man, if a man sees someone else in that sort of situation, like... <sighs> Oh, I feel that pain. I like yep. oh, a strong, yeah. sympathetic, uh, physical reaction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Visceral. Yeah. Visceral. Yeah. Oh, we we have it too. I mean, we've got our sensitive bits. It's okay. definitely yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> definitely right, frightening to think Ooh, about. We speak common after dark here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Don't worry. It's like season two. Don't worry, guys. It's, it's a, a, lot, a lot darker. It's a, now. it's a Sunday evening, and uh, yeah, things are getting weird. It's been going. It's well, weird for us. It's Sunday morning here. The um. Normally, I'm at church right now. Here we are talking about dicks. <laughs> we uh yeah we've well we've just done a year haven't we joe so officially we're on season two now season how, two now what I mean, whatever that means yeah, yeah it means yeah. it means it's the the dark gritty season oh the where dark we talk about right. dicks. yeah yeah, clearly. yeah. makes yeah. sense makes sense <laughs> every episode is a knife to the dick yeah, yeah. oh that's the <laughs> tagline <laughs> <laughs> we've lost Sorry. it it's gone it's gone it's season gone. one did just well enough for us to get like a slightly <laughs> higher guys, budget uh, Slightly I'm gonna go hot. leave you guys uh, an Apple Podcast review, and I'll be like, "It's like a knife to the dick, but in my ears, <laughs> but in a good way." <laughs> but in a good way, <laughs> a knife to the dick in your ears in a good way. I love it. Uh, so I think the um, yeah. 
yeah, I think the takeaway from this episode, apart from you should start using the phrase a knife to your dick, um, is that uh, <laughs> stealing is good as long as it's lawful. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. You know what? Should we maybe all give like an example? We could just quick lightning round, like give an example of a way to convert a character into d and I mean, are there sort of like analogs we could draw here? Would that be a fun exercise yeah, maybe? Like, okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my entire Paladin Galahad is basically an angsty Jon Snow um, who wants to be <laughs> Captain America, I think is yes. basically the entire character. Um, you know, whenever I... Like I just imagine him at all times, like brooding on the wall. That, that's literally like that's his idol animation. It's I'm just gonna, like brooding. See, now I've got to put a wall in the wall to brood on. That's <laughs> yeah, for me to just brood on yeah. top of. Yeah, yeah no. that's so funny though because two characters who would probably, I mean, Jon Snow loves a good dragon from time to time, and I'm sure Captain America would get along with the dragon. Yet here you are trying to kill Falcon. Trying to kill them all. Yeah, it's not my fault. Ben, give me a sword that has like plus two d six damage to dragons. What 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 sort of message is is he giving me here? Mate, you know what I mean? There I'm are the, good dragons dragons okay. and there are bad dragons you have to kill all of them but well, don't give me the dragon killing sword then you know what i mean like i just feel like i'm getting, I'm getting so many mixed messages well, don't worry the next dragon you meet will be bad you can kill good thank you i want, I want a guilt-free dragon killing experience and, and his little dragon babies are gonna starve to death no because of i can i'll kill those before they starve don't worry okay cool oh my God. Um, well now i'm just picturing um i think it's sir galahad from uh the holy grail where whenever he's in any situation he just starts killing wildly at the wedding when he goes <laughs> yeah. to save oh, that, the that's, prince that's Lancelot. 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 Okay, yeah. Time, he yeah. Just is hacking everything. Yeah. Somebody bits. starts talking. He's like, "Oh!" Just starts going at him. He's like, "No! Stop! Stop! Stop killing people!" <laughs> and it's well, so, I have this sword. It's so strange how like how our character evolves from the initial concept like the the initial concept of him was i'm naming him galahad like he's a knight of the round table you know what i mean he's this yeah. lawful just mm-hmm. guy and now he's just i don't know what he is now um you know, but he's definitely not that <laughs> he's got he's got depression is what he's got now he's got he's depression he's got some angst um I, yeah he's I don't very know why our games always end up so dark <laughs> i don't know what does that say about us I'm, I'm i mean i'm in a i'm in a rough place right now man <laughs> <laughs> do you need a hug you guys? Yes, I think we do. I don't know. I think our, our art is imitating life a yeah, little too hard. Too much, yeah. Um, <laughs> what's, what's something I've stolen then? Let's let me think. Uh, I, I haven't got a character like that because I tried or to. Something come up. you could steal now. Something or just yeah, how to yeah, just we're just riffing. It's like jazz, just freeform. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I just saw Joker the other night. I'm trying to see if I could steal from that, but that is that is really dark. Mm-hmm. That's very dark. Yeah, yeah. we Probably, saw that yesterday. Yeah. it was really oh. good. Oh, you leave a different person. <laughs> it's a very good film. You kind of do. Yeah. Um. What? What? Uh. What? Uh. Oh, let me think. Uh, I mean, I definitely stole the uh, axe from the latest God of War game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. It's, it's just the coolest magic item in the world. So I was like, "Yep, that's definitely going in." You got you. Uh, funny enough, Ben, you the players walked right past it. What? You could have had it. Are you joking? Nope, you could have had it. <laughs> when? You you missed it. When? You, I can't tell you that. Oh no, come on. No, you missed it. We're not. We know how long travelling takes in your game. We're not going back. You're not going back now, Ben. I'll, I might move it somewhere else, but no, you missed it, mate. Piper, I think we just witnessed the birth of a villain. No. <laughs> Who knows? Now Ben is like, what? I'm out for blood. <laughs> I want that axe. I know. I, I did, made all these custom stats for it and everything. Holy Ugh. monster. Okay. What? Have but I... you know. Mentioning mentioning Joker, the the example that I was kind of thinking of, I was casting around uh, our apartment earlier, and I saw my Batman the Animated Series box set on the shelf, and I was like, Batman would be an interesting character to adapt to D anD D. Like, how could you do that? And I was trying to think of, like, what what is the what are the sort of the fundamental things about Batman that we could attack that we could we could overlay on a D anD D type character? And I thought, well, he. He has a huge justice boner that is sometimes yep. very misguided. I'm telling he, you, he's a vengeance paladin. I've been saying this yeah, for years. He, he likes fighting crime, and that's exactly what I thought. I said he's a paladin. He he would totally be a paladin. Now, how do we adapt a paladin to the Batman personality, right? We have to make him really kind of brooding. He has to wear dark clothes all the time. Maybe he goes out at night and he looks for criminals and he worship, worships a, a god of justice. And, you know, he's maybe a he's a maybe he is like a vampire or something. That's why he started doing things at night. There's all these different things you can kind of attach to this idea by just identifying some of the key concepts. Hang on yeah. a minute then. Hang on. Is Blade a paladin? 
Blade is a paladin. Blade would totally be a paladin. Blade is a paladin. Isn't that character's name? Is his name Blade? His name yeah. is Blade Bladeicus. Is... <laughs> <laughs> so I know that's the name of the movie, but I didn't know Blade, what Blade the character's Icus, name is. Uh, the third who it is that dumb, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is yeah. that dumb. Um, <laughs> if you want to take it really literal, there is a YouTube channel. I forget the name of it, but I mean, if you just Google like how to make Batman in D and D, there's a there's a YouTube channel that does that, and it's like here's the stuff that you take as you level up to become Batman. And I actually cool. I, I got yeah. on a um, I got on a Stephen King it hype for the second movie, um, and there is there is a way to make Pennywise <laughs> as a character. <laughs> That's horrifying. It's, it is awesome. Horrific. Like a weird spooky bard or sorcerer or something um, like that. I think yeah. I think you're druid, but then you're you shape class thing, yeah. yeah into something else yeah it's it's clever it's very clever there's like a spider-man one and a batman one and a pennywise one okay so i got one like, probably my silliest uh adaptation if you will Go would on, be the monk i played for tomb of horrors who was big one lee who's basically uh like a um sort of drunken master um jackie chan is I essentially love, very nice. was. Um, and lee. at the end um he had been teleported back to the start of the dungeon by accident without his clothes or items well i had i had yes <laughs> I had nothing but um, this I'd, is this is built into Tomb of Horrors. I have none, well, so I had my clothes, but I had none of my magic items or anything or no. weapons or whatever. Also, you had your loincloth. I had a loincloth on, um, which is what I was wearing at the time. <laughs> so I managed to run back through the dungeon, get to the party, got to the end. Um, we were fighting the Demi Lich, yeah. which has this like scream effect, which yeah. is like a really bad saving throw for everyone. I figured out it was like audible, so I ripped my loincloth off and shoved it in my ears. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, God. this. I was like, this has really gone full circle as to where the initial concept come from, and you know. Yeah. This is very Jackie Chan right now. Very Jackie Chan. <laughs> and then he is. Jackie Chan loves fighting in the nude and trying to desperately yeah. cover himself up while and doing then he's, And yeah. using everything around him. Yeah. 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 And then I think his soul got absorbed into the Demi Lich and that was the end of uh, Big One Lee. Yeah. But um, Sarak uh, ate your soul. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know what? I think that was a huge mistake. His soul should have gotten absorbed into the loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The next time you see a Sarak, he's wearing a loincloth. <laughs> Every time you wear that loincloth from now on, you get a funny itch. And it's oh the soul God. of Big One Lee. <laughs> uh, Do not okay. want. Um, is there anything in the, in like just going on this, this theme, is there anything in the media now that's not Joker that we would steal from that stands out to you guys? Well, so we just did an episode um, about, uh, we each created, well, I created an angel, Sam created a demon in one of oh, our wow. episodes, and I took great inspiration. I had just seen the movie Ad Astra, the oh, yeah. um, Brad Pitt uh, goes to space film, and so I took inspiration from that, and I was so excited about it, like, in the moment we were when we mm-hmm. were coming up with mm-hmm. it, because I was like, wait a minute, what if human beings found out that they could take a spaceship into space and somehow get to another ethereal heavenly plane, yeah. and if they got caught on one level, they would have to, like, steal like angel technology and get a new ship to go on even further than that because like his whole thing in the movie is him going from like earth to the moon to mars and onto like uh neptune and or yeah and i was so that was what inspired me in that moment that's Um, pretty cool and yeah yeah there's just all kinds of stuff just take something and like throw it into a different genre or stick in a blender yeah mix it up see what happens exactly And I mean that is that is the kind of the gist of it is just take something and if you enjoy it m- make something with it. Everything is moldable clay. Everything is play doh. Yeah, exactly. I mean one thing I I, I, I nothing nicked, is sacred. One thing I, I nicked which was some I think it's from like a an E3 demo for that uh, a game called like Ghost of Tsushima. It's not even out yet. Mm. Uh, yeah. And so it's, they, they, it's a pretty cool demo actually. It will probably look yeah. nothing like this when the game actually comes out. Um, <laughs> but there's these two guys. They're fighting under uh, under like this tree. I don't know if it was a cherry blossom or wherever it was. But there were loads of petals coming down, right? Yeah. And each sword strike was like whipping the petals around whipping. the air, whipping yeah. the petals whipping. around the air whipping. into like this this maelstrom of of petals swirling around them whilst they fought. And I was like, oh my god, now I need to create like some sort of fighter or paladin archetype that uses that like that. like petals that like cut into their enemies mm. it, like in a oh smite that's so like I, the most anime thing it, it ever it really, is, it really is. is I've got the power of god <laughs> and anime on my side <laughs> that, would, that would be a paladin that yeah, would be this fantastic. paladin yeah do it do oh it do gosh. it do it yeah so okay. oh, that's amazing uh, we've lost the plot um, basically let's uh, if we as we wrap up here <laughs> just steal stuff steal it use it mold it make it 
change it, mm-hmm. do it, fix it, farther, better, stronger, faster. Yep. Oh, hell yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> never back down. If someone questions you and they're like, isn't that this thing? Just be like, shut up. No. Yeah. I made this. This is mine. I made this. Get out of here. Yeah. I saw it. I stole it. And now it's mine. <laughs> um, no, guys, thank you so much for uh, just enduring our mental weirdness that is this <laughs> afternoon and this morning for you. Um, do you want to just quickly re-remind us where we can find you all over the internet? Yeah, if you want to find us on Twitter is where we're generally most active. You can find us on Twitter at WorldForgePod. You can also send us uh, emails at WorldForgePod at gmail.com. We love to hear uh, from our fans. If you have any fan art or fan mail or fan fiction or anything like that that you want to send us based on stuff we talk about in our show or stuff we've talked about in this show, we think that's so much fun. Uh, We've gotten some some pretty cool... suggestions and and art and things like that from some of our fans that we love to you know shout people out on the show and and kind of share your creations i I think that's kind of in the spirit of our show is sort of helping each other to build better and part of that is sharing what what our fans do absolutely although hearing you say that sam it reminds me when we first talked about what we were going to be discussing for this episode i was like oh i have to talk about fan fiction and we didn't talk about that so if we ever do a part two about this (laughs) then we can definitely get into fan fiction and that's the real art of taking something uh... and I'm jealous that you guys get fan fiction. We don't get fan fiction. We get Nigerian we princes. We ask for it every <laughs> week, but we haven't we, received we anything yet. Uh, we okay. haven't gotten any fan fiction. We did get someone yeah. writing to us who has claimed to be a Nigerian prince now. So yeah, actually, we, we were talking about it last week. Hey. They said uh, they, they, signed they signed themselves the email, um, as the Nigerian, Nigerian prince. Nigerian prince and Esquire. So, <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I mean, finally, the Nigerian prince is not just offering us money. They're actually offering content for the show, too. So, you know, I mean, That's I'm all amazing. Um, of course. I, I do think that would be a fun another episode. I mean, D and D is just fan fiction gamified, basically. exactly. So yeah, yeah with less awesome. romance. Yeah, there you go. You can have your your two hundred your second year anniversary episode for you. There you go. Yeah, yes. lovely, fantastic, um, guys. Thank you so much. Um, I think we're gonna grab some water and then we're gonna pop over to your podcast. Hell yeah! Ooh, hell yeah, you guys. If you'll have us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will yeah we're very much looking forward mm-hmm. to it thank you again for having us on you guys and we'll we'll see you later yeah cheers, cheers. Um, just a quick one if you want us uh, we speak common on twitter we speak common at hotmail.com that's where you send the fan fiction cool see you bye, yep. bye. see you later thanks for listening today if you like the podcast do us a favour Leave us a like or review on your platform of choice and share us with your friends. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at WeSpeakCommon or through the email WeSpeakCommon at Hotmail.com. The music in the podcast is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is licensed under an attribution license CC by NC. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.